Today's episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Everyone and welcome to another episode of the Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli, and I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And today we are going to discuss the final thirteenth episode of Series Six, the Wedding of River Song. Um, and we've got a lot to say about it, methinks. So, <laughs> oh yeah, look forward to that. Um. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about that, and uh, we're not going to shy away from spoilers, so if you haven't seen the episode, don't listen. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to remind everybody that we're from the website, geekshowentertainment.com, where we like geeky stuff, and occasionally we talk about that stuff on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes. Dramatic pause. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion, as well as Movie Night at Geek Show, Have You Met Ted, A Couple of Geeks, and Super Geeks. And you can listen to those podcasts by streaming them on the website, or you could also subscribe to the show on iTunes. Um, there's probably other ways to get creative. Um, also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes, articles, and audio blogs that we regularly post on the site. And if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear, or even if you don't, help us out by leaving an iTunes review. iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to. You can also let us know how we're doing with comments, concerns, or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us. All right, so that leads us to talking about the Wedding of River Song, and uh, you said you want my thoughts first, yes? Yes. Okay, so... Uh, all right, so the first time I watched it, I'm going to be honest, and I was just kind of really confused, um, but I didn't like what I saw. <laughs> um and the little bit that I could gather from from the first watch, um, it was just I, I just felt like it was the worst constructed episode that Stephen Moffat has ever written. Um, nothing really makes any sense. The whole uh, alternate universe where like time is on itself and it's always five o two or whatever p.m. in the afternoon doesn't make any sense because time is moving. No one's frozen in time. So I'm pretty sure the clocks are just broken guys like get new clocks. I don't, I don't really understand. And why, why, why are clocks in the doctor who universe like magical that they only, (laughs) that they like when time is frozen, clocks don't work, but everybody else works. But clocks (laughs) are apparently outside of the realm of reality. I don't know. Clocks are magic in the doctor who universe, I guess. Um, it doesn't make any sense. I feel like the world would have been like super populated if they were if it was what they were suggesting in 
the episode, which is that all of time was happening all at once. Um, there would be piles of people like leading out into space. That's what would be happening if that was the case. Um, and that's not what was happening. So, I'm, and there would be more than pterodactyls. There would also be Tyrannosaurus rexes and woolly mammoths and lots of other probably much more horrifying things. Um, I just – that doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, the doctor being a robot when he dies doesn't make any sense because he almost regenerated. So how did he do that if he was a robot? Doesn't I have make an answer any... for that. It's okay. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Um, doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, he's not married because he was a robot when he got married. So he's not married, even though they're all acting like he is. And maybe they get married later on for realsies um, because she does know his name. So uh, in the future, I mean, or in her future and his whatever. Um, anyway, uh, she eventually knows his name. So they must have gotten married because that's apparently a thing with Time Lords, I guess, maybe. They tell each other their names when they get married. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. That's, I guess. I don't know. Um, I, it, it just, it's like a Stephen Moffat answered a lot of questions, but I'm not satisfied with any of those answers, I think is what it ultimately comes down to. So it all comes together, sort of. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense, um, or at least it, it makes the least amount of sense that he could possibly get away with um and still i guess p- have people consider this a uh good episode or good answers or something i don't i don't know but it, it's just i was really disappointed with this and watching it a second time the only thing that I got out of it the second time is that um, there's like there's some stuff in it that I really like, but it's just it's mostly little stuff. Um, I, I love the fact that the doctor was just going to take the brigadier out on t- on a night on the town, which I didn't I didn't know that that's what he was talking about the first time I watched it. So going back, knowing who he was thought he was talking to, um, was. Uh, like that line where he's just like, uh, and it's on me except for the money and the driving. <laughs> um, like, I just thought that was funny. And like, uh, when the doctor thought he was going to, um, die, that river was going to shoot him, which is those close ups were some of the worst example of green screen I've seen in a long time on this show. Um, when, uh, when, when that happened, um, and he said, uh, he said, uh, d- like, don't you dare or whatever that whole thing where it was basically, he was saying what river was saying when she was going to die and he was wanting to save her. Um, I like that. The little, I like, I like bookends. That's fun. Um, but yeah, I just, overall, I was extremely disappointed. I did enjoy it more the second time, but I still had all of the same problems with it. I was just, you know, able to take my critical, turn my critical switch off and just sit back and let the magic of Stephen Moffat's writing kind of wash over me, which I think that anybody, I think most people who say like that, this is a superior, uh, a superior season finale to last season. Um, I think that's what's happening is they're just sort of getting wrapped up in the Stephen Moffat magic, which he's really good at doing. Um, and that's, that's kind of what this is. It's just like the epitome of Stephen Moffat magic. I do like 
what the question is only because that is a perfect question to be answered for or not answered as the case will probably end up being um, for the 50th anniversary. I think that's great um, and a good direction to be taking the show for the 50th anniversary. Uh, but it's like it's interesting because now that I know what Stephen Moffat's version of answers are, I'm less interested in the questions that he's bringing up. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and I feel like we're at the end of the second act of Stephen Moffat's career as showrunner of Doctor Who. And, um, I'm, I'm thinking he's gonna probably, um, bail out at the end of Matt Smith's run and his run and it'll all come together at the 50th anniversary and we'll have ourselves a new showrunner and a new doctor. That's what I think. Um, cause I just, I can't see it going any other way cause and I kind of hope that that's the end of Stephen Moffat because, like, while I do like his episodes because it is well – it's hard it's, – it's fun. His, his, his era has been fun. It's just been aggravating because Stephen Moffat in a, in a long term where he's not writing every episode doesn't gel as well as um, other writers probably would. So that's my opinion. Matt, what did you think? Uh, okay, well, I like um, a lot of what you're saying. I think that stuff that you gravitated to is stuff that I gravitated to. Uh, the Brigadier moment in particular is the best moment of probably the entire series, if you ask me. Um, I mean, this series six. Um, I hated this. I hated this story so hard. I mean, um, I mean, I guess I could start by backtracking a little, like, when you finished it, you texted me, and, and you were like, okay, I've seen it, and I was like, okay, uh, how was it, thumbs up, thumbs down, and you were like, I don't know, and I was like, well, how do you not know, I mean, it's thumbs up, thumbs down, and I was watching it with my girlfriend a couple hours later, and we finished it, and she was like, I know exactly what Scott means when she says, I don't know, and I agreed, I mean, I didn't know what to think of it at the end, but then I, um... I stayed up for a couple more hours. I read the Charlie Jane's review on io9, despite not wanting to, because I really wanted to kind of develop thoughts on my own, but, like, I couldn't wait because I wanted to see what someone thought of it. And, God, this was horrible. This is hands down the worst Stephen Moffat story for mm -hmm. me I've ever seen. Hands down the worst. Mm -hmm. um, this is the worst Doctor Who episode since Evolution of the Daleks for me. Um... Uh, I can't go back any farther because I, you know, then you're getting into fear her territory, and I think that Evolution of the Daleks was bad. Not Daleks in Manhattan. Daleks in Manhattan is actually pretty great, but Evolution of the Daleks is pretty horrendous. Um, this was a mess. This had a bunch of really big ideas that didn't go anywhere. Um, and watching it the second time, because I watched it once last night, I slept on it, I woke up, I watched The Confidential, and then I watched it again just before we recorded this. Um, just crystallize my thoughts, and at the end, like, I'm so distraught, angry, mad, hateful towards most of the things that happened in this. Um, I'll get into more specifics on the other side of the, of the, of the spot. Um, but this was awful, and I can't, I, I mean, it's, it, I hated it so much the first time, and now, like, watching it again, I am completely over Stephen Moffat at this point. Um, it's amazing that the same guy who wrote The Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon wrote this. Um, it's amazing that uh, this season has been so completely uneven. 
um, to the point where I really think that this is the worst season that's been of of New Who hands down so far. Um, and it really completely ruined the character of River Song, who up to this point I have loved mm-hmm. unabashedly and unquestioningly since she first showed up. Um, so I'm over her. I don't want to see her ever again. Completely destroyed Amy. Completely horrible use of Amy and Rory. Brilliant performance by Matt Smith, but a terrible version of the Doctor and the events that happened. Total cop-out, which, I mean, I people are saying, like, uh, this is the one specific I'll go into. People are saying that it's Doctor Who, you didn't really expect him to kill the Doctor. I'm like, no, but I expected something a bit more clever than, quote-unquote, it was a fake the whole time. Because that's, I'm, I'm sorry, cover your children's ears, that's bullshit. Um, I expect more from Stephen Moffat, I demand more from Stephen Moffat, and if you're telling me that this is the smartest Who writer who's ever lived, or the smartest writer in England, or the smartest writer in the world, I don't care, because this could be the smartest thing in the world, but this was a mess, top to bottom, and I hated it. I'm livid, and I, like, literally last night I was like, I'm kind of done with him, and I'm kind of done with his version of Doctor Who, and I kind of don't care anymore. Um, And a lot of that, I think, comes down to he's just working too hard, I guess, on something, um, I don't know what, because the only reason that this comes out as messy as it is is because, you know, he's not working on it as hard as he could, I suppose. Because there's a lot of good ideas. The idea that time stops and folds in on itself and every moment is happening at once is a great moment. Except for the part that that happened last season in the Big Bang. Um, the part where the world is exploding and time is ending and the Doctor needs to save it happened in the Big Bang. Um, uh, that the Doctor needs to make a sacrifice happened in the Big Bang. And it's just... I don't know, man. It felt like a really, really crappy version of the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. And I love the Pandora opens in the Big Bang. I think they're brilliant. I've seen them several times, and mm-hmm. every time I love them more. The problem um, with Stephen Moffat is he keeps repeating himself. Oh, my God. Like, every moment in this, like, take this, and I'm, I'll try not to go into too much more. The silence in this were completely useless. Like, Basically. talk about... Talk about characters like aliens who everyone was saying they're the new angels, right? And, you know, coming off a of Day of the Moon, fine, they were the new angels. Like, I was like, these are the best Moffat creations that have ever existed. Everything with the silence in this was nothing I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. The silence on the roof, I had seen before. The markings on the arm, I would seen before. And I'm over that. I don't yeah. want to see him repeating the same things over and over again. I'm coming to the guy who gave me the girl in the fireplace and uh, silence in the library and blink, like three stories that are completely different in different ways. There's themes that run through them, sure, but you know, every writer has themes, but he is going back to the well on everything so mm-hmm. much. And at the end of it, this story just proves that If you tell a story, you can have all the ideas in the world. You can have the best premises. And this is the difference between, like, idea people and writers. Anyone can have a premise. Anyone can come up with an idea for a story. But turning that story, that idea, into a story that lives, breathes, has heart and character works um, is not something that everyone can do. Uh, it takes a lot of work and a lot of practice, and Moffat can do that. He's proved that he can do that over and over again. He's proved that he can do it, and now he's just phoning it in, and it's horrible, and I hate it, and I'm so upset about this episode. I can't believe it. I just, I'm so, so, so flustered, and I'm just like, I'm 
I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm just like, I'm not even excited for the next stuff. I mean, you know, the stuff with the fall of the 11th at the fields of Transalore is interesting to me, but. But see, that's the thing is it's not to me because I know that it's not going to live up to whatever I can think of in my brain. It's going to be like, it's not going to be that. It's going to be who, whatever Joe Schmo nobody has thought of, it could be, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, because this whatever was the like, thing, whatever the thing is that everyone on the internet is saying that it is, that's what it's going to be. Because yeah. apparently, Stephen Moffat just looks to the internet for all of his ideas now. Which is, or maybe, and even if he doesn't, like it just means that we've caught up with him, and he's not telling me stories that are surprising anymore. Right? Nothing in this was surprising. Also, I'm just going to say it. Jeremy Webb can never direct an episode of Doctor Who again, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it was pretty messy. Oh, it was it was not good. It was not yeah. good. And like they were just little things where I'm just like, really? Like like just just a little moment like um where the where where the doctor holds up the picture of of Rory that that Amy has drawn of what she remembers Rory to be and then holds it up in front of Rory and then drops it and Rory's walking away. I'm like any director worth anything wouldn't have let wouldn't have let the actor walk away at that point. He would have dropped the picture, and Rory would have been standing there for a comparison shot. Instead, we get Rory's back as he's walking away. That is the most like that is the ugliest thing. Like that's just stupid. Like why yeah. why would you do it like that? Like just yeah. that little just a little decisions like that, and this whole episode is riddled with them. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Webb is not a good director. No, I, hope, I really don't want him to come back. I'd agree. I'd agree. And I like, I don't know, but that's where this episode kind of fails. Cause like towards the beginning when I was rewatching it, I'm just like, this is all stuff that I'm interested in. The morose of the doctor kind of wandering, trying to figure out what he's going to do about his death. And the doctor like in the, in the, uh, the Stetson and the, in the coat, like looking like he's out of some Western and kind of being like the guy who rolls into town. That was all interesting to me, but that was all dropped in the face of, you know, an episode that is essentially nothing but a giant exposition, excuse me, a giant exposition dump. Um, and, uh, stuff like that. Anyways, we're getting into too much specifics. Let's um, let's do the spot reset and we'll come back. Okay. Well, but yeah. So we before we get that, uh, we're sponsored by InStockTrades.com, and this month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our new book of the month, American Vampire Volume One, uh, which is available uh, for only fifteen forty nine, which is thirty eight percent off the retail price of twenty four ninety nine. Um, and uh, all orders over $50 get free shipping. This is the uh, vampire book from Vertigo, uh, written by Scott Snyder and Stephen King, um, with gorgeous artwork by Raphael Albuquerque. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this book because oh, I, too, I read the first issue and then I, I realized that I want to read it in trade, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to read this entire collection and talk about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff, good stuff. All right, so uh, specifically, let's let's just start with the big, the biggest thing, um, which you said you had an answer to. Why is the Doctor regenerating if he's a robot? He's not regenerating; it's a light show. It's not. Um, it's not a regeneration. It's just like we know that the um, the Tessa Lecta can can project various images to suit its needs like the um the Tesselecta formed a motorcycle in let's kill hitler um so like that it's not a regeneration it's a light show and a dog and pony show to just you know make the doctor's death look very convincing oh. so i mean it's you know 
Okay. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're right, but I think it's I think it's BS and I hate well, it. Well, nothing about that death is not BS. I mean, yeah. especially because like there's the idea and I'm, I'm sorry if a lot of this overcrosses with what Charlie Jane Anderson said over on IO9, but you know, it's kind of seeped into my head and I can't get it out. But um it's the notion that Time was unfolding because the doctor didn't die. Well, the doctor wasn't going to die. So, so time, all of time itself was fooled by a robot. Is that what they just said? I mean, that's yeah. a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but that, even then, like, even then, that's kind of a nitpick in the sense of like, you know, uh, the the point of the story is that the doctor doesn't die, and then you know we're sent into this whole thing, but it, this bubble reality of alternate universe-ness um with a random cameo by meredith Vieira. um uh but yeah so so like that's what that is um i really you know i think my biggest problem with this i mean just like beyond just like the the stupid answers to the really hopeful questions that we were given at the beginning of this season um like rather than you know outside of just the lowest common denominator answers that we got uh i really wanted to see the doctor fall in love with river <laughs> like i honestly did and at the end at the end of uh, of day of the moon i thought that's what we were going to start to get you know with that with that first last kiss mhm So them getting married is just a plot device. So what? And like, I'm not even sure why River loves the doctor. Honestly, she loves him because she's a psychopath, which is not an answer. No. A and B. She loves him because Moffat says that she's in love with the doctor. Like, and that that is the worst because like it's the idea is that she fell in love with him because the more she learned about him, the more she liked about him. But, like, I'm sorry. The Doctor was a dick to River Song in this. Oh, like, my God. Was he ever. And, like, I didn't notice it the first time because Matt Smith's so good. Um, and, like, I don't know how he managed to act completely around this. But, like, if you, like, watching the wedding sequence again, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he literally says to her, just do as you're told. And I'm like, Really? Like, I'm sorry, and I'm like, I don't want to get, like, hate mail from people who think that Moffat's not being a misogynist, but, like, really? <laughs> this yeah. Is, this is the world we live in? And, like, it just, like... And I know, it, I know it's a callback to, to River saying that in, in uh, the opening episode, where it's just like, mm-hmm. what do we do? And she's like, as we're told, whatever. Like, I, I, know, I know it's a callback to that. Like, I get it. But mm-hmm. it is the worst opportunity for that callback. <laughs> it really is. And then it turns River Song into someone who just wants to marry the doctor. And why does she want to marry the doctor? Because she's in love with him, I guess. But he doesn't love her back. I mean, yeah. and even if he does, like, it wasn't in Matt Smith's interpretation of the scene. It wasn't in any no. of that. And like, and then what he did is basically, you know, the idea is that River Song has... Um, been put in jail for this whole time because she, uh, what's the phrase? She, um, she killed the best man in the world, which means that she killed the doctor. Well, it turns out she was actually framed for that and basically took the fall because the doctor needed her to take the fall. Um, and then she's treated like dirt for the rest of, uh, life. And sure, she gets out at night to go visit the doctor and go on adventures, which by the way, we're never seeing those adventures ever. Which um, is crap. 
Which I know. Can you like I can, I'm that's the thing I'm most insulted by. Like Moffat literally decided that the one character who has been minus Rory, the most interesting character in his entire run ever. Okay, maybe Sally Sparrow. Um is literally resigned to episodes and stories we're never going to see. And I guess that leaves room for fan fiction, but I'm sorry. I don't watch Doctor Who because I want to watch fan fiction. Yeah. Um, That's not River 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 is the most interesting character. Okay. Like, I think you're getting mixed up between good characters and most interesting characters. She is the most interesting character he's ever created. Better than Rory. More so than Rory. More so than Sally Sparrow. Those are just better characters. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but but River is absolutely the most interesting because she's the most mysterious, and we have all the answers now. I mean, I think. I mean, unless... Like, my my only thing is... It looks like she's probably going to come back, most likely, because I don't think the story's over yet. And if, if, if it is, and that's it, fine, good riddance. I'm glad that that story's <laughs> over. But at the same time, I have to question, like... They're not really married. They're really not. They're not really married. But but the uh, uh, the the river that's in the backyard at the end is a river later on. So maybe they eventually actually do get married, and that's what she's talking about. Because she knows the doctor's name, so at some point they have to get married. Or he has to tell her a name. It doesn't really like, but that's the no, thing. no, no, no. It, they have to get married because the doctor says in in uh 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 not silence in the library. The second half, uh, forest of the dead. For, forest of the dead says in forest of the dead. You know my name. There's only one way that you could possibly know my name. Yeah, but that one way is never exp- explained. I mean. You can assume it's marriage, and I don't think that that's necessarily wrong, but, like, that also doesn't mean it's right, you know? Yeah. I mean, it could be life or death situation where, like, he literally says it on his last incarnation or something. I don't know. It could mean anything. Um, What it is is not clear. And, like, that's the other thing is, like, okay, so we're left with the ringing question again like that was the thing where i was watching i was like okay well at le- well, the first time i was watching i was like oh well at least this is the moment where she learns his name because apparently all moffat's interested in is creating a bunch of mysteries and then setting up an episode in which you checklist off all the mysteries <laughs> yeah um, because that's all let's kill hitler was um watching this now like i was like oh so this is the episode where, where the doctor tells river about his name no no what like and like so in that like there's no point to anything that happened in this story and like and here's the thing like um this is the first time that i realized i hated this was when i asked my girlfriend i was i literally was on i am with her i was like okay so here's my question this is why this was horrible what was the point of this story like what was the point to have a little bit of fun i i suppose but at the end like journey's end is a lot of fun is it riddled with problems? Yeah, but it's designed to be a hell of a good time. This is also designed to be a hell of a good time, but it's such a mess that I can't even understand what the point of this was. Because if the Doctor, as we're led to believe at the end, he says, okay, I've been putting too big a footprint, I've been into many people's lives, which means that he heard what River was saying at the end of Good Man Goes to War, which is, like, the best part of Good Man Goes to War. Um, that thing where he's like, you're, you know, you drop out of the sky, you 
change the world and then, you know, that's not, that's reckless and blah, blah, blah. Okay, the doctor learned that, fine. Um, if the doctor learned that, his solution to that moment is, I'm not going to die, I'm just going to put my, like, not sorry, I jumped that gun. The idea is that if he's learning that theme, and the theme is, you know, despite the fact that he does get reckless sometimes, the universe is... The universe still needs him, as River pointed out at the top of the pyramid when they had the big thing where all these voices said, Doctor, we need you. Please let us save you. Let us help you. Like, that's almost the moment of the Doctor's redemption where he's like, okay, well, I do need to survive this. Well, tough, because he was already going to survive it. He already did survive it by getting in the Tesselecta, you know, however long ago he got in the Tesselecta. And, like... It's like, it's such a complete subversion and betrayal of that entire theme. Like, that, the Doctor being in the Tesselecta completely removes every sense of stake that is in any moment of this. Completely. And, like, the Doctor's death in Impossible Astronaut, and it literally just becomes the ultimate cop-out in terms of none of that mattered. Like, none of it mattered that the Doctor got dead because, you know, he gets saved because, you know, he didn't really die. And it's like, oh my god, that's such... That's horrible. Like, that... I, I can't even believe that Stephen Moffat went to that. Like, I'm just in shock that that is the thing that happened. Um, wow. Wow. Yep. Wow. Um, so the Doctor didn't learn anything. The Doctor will now be going on a bunch of standalone adventures that are going to be smaller and less bombastic, which I'm okay with. Um, but here, here's my question, okay? And this, this has always been my pro- my problem with Doctor Who, um, at least in the new series. There are so many things in the new series that are all dependent on continuity. Mm-hmm. And yet, the Doctor always seems to run across them in the order that he's supposed to. Um, sure. Like, for example, like the Brigadier thing. Right. Like, okay, like, I understand why that's there. Like, I get, obviously, they can't, they can't do an episode with the Brigadier, obviously. Okay? Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is that he comes across it at that point. Like, why can't the Doctor just be like, oh, well, then I'll just go back a couple of months and visit him one last time before he dies. You know what uh, I mean? And like yeah. I'm I'm just saying I'm saying within the continuity of the show is what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In reality, I know obviously that can't happen. Um <laughs> but but like these things that that stuff bugs me. So now we're going to get in the next season of this show, the doctor is a legend and every time he shows up to save people, people are like that's weird I heard you died. Yeah. That's going to be a thing now. And it's like, but that doesn't make any sense because he's a time traveler. And like, what? Like, I, I, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And if that was the date that he was supposed to die on all this time, like quote unquote died, why have we never heard about it before now? Sure. It does. I like, it drives me crazy. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's really like, it's really backwards. And like, I think that part of the problem is that Moffat is... I think, as far as I know or can think of, he's easily the most ambitious writer I've ever seen on Doctor Who. Um, and I, I gotta give him props for that, because, you know, it's hard to be really ambitious on this show. 
uh, or to have that mantle. But the thing is that these stories are so getting away from him, like absolutely 100% getting away from him. Because the idea that, you know, again, that time stops and, you know, all of history is happening at once is a very interesting idea. But when you get there, you can't do anything with it. Like, there's Mm -hmm. no stakes in that world. It's impossible to do... um, something with Amy and Rory that we haven't seen before. Cause Amy and Rory, like this was the worst use of Amy and Rory I've ever seen in my life. Um, just cause they didn't do anything. And that's the idea that like, I know that Moffat in the confidential said that, Oh, Amy comes back for Rory and she saves him. Finally. I'm like, guys, he did that in the pirate episode. Like th- this happened earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, she saved his life already. And you completely undermine that moment by that. And then like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's so, it's so gotten away from him. And it's like, he needs to just chill out for a bit, slow down and do a midnight because holy crap, midnight's good. Um, And it's just, it's such a bummer because he can't, nothing tracks in the story. Nothing tracks. Like I was watching, I was just like, so the doctor's doing this for some reason. And then, you know whatever. I mean, even the Winston Churchill stuff, like, it was nice to see Ian McNeese again, but literally, the only reason Ian McNeese was there was so the Doctor could explain to the audience what had happened. Uh-huh. Which is awful. That is horrible, shameful writing. Like, that is really bad. That's really, really bad. And then it just became literally an excuse to have a bunch of exposition thrown at us. And I'm like, why did that need to happen? Just let it not happen that way just like jump time a bit would that matter and it doesn't matter that the doctor was captured by the british em- or the holy roman empire it doesn't matter all this stuff like i like the no- like the throwaway stuff about uh, winston Ch- uh holy roman emperor winston churchill came back to england riding on a woolly mammoth was a pretty great line but like if you don't have the story to back up these ideas none of the ideas matter and it just feels like he's throwing out ideas to cover up the fact that he doesn't know what he's doing and that's what it really comes down to because i can't say that he knows what he's doing right now it just i don't think that this is this this is a show that proves that he's you know on the ball and tracking emotional character arcs or anything like that it's Oh, yeah. it's, such, it's such a migraine. It's such a migraine. Because, like, even then, like, the problem is that also at the end of the episode, like, um, and I know this makes me sound like a hypocrite because I love this story. Like, there's the only part of uh, the master three-parter at the end of season three that I don't like is the I don't believe in fairies moment. Like, that's literally the only moment I hate out of that whole story uh-huh. uh, because it's not sufficiently set up. Fine, it's a deus ex machina. But I know that a lot of people make it, and I had this problem originally, the idea that... um. Russell T. Davis hits the big fat reset button. We set back a year. The master never did any of the things that he did. Um, I understand that criticism. I think that saying that we basically saw an hour that doesn't matter, um, I think that's a bogus response to that. Because even if none of the things changed anyone, it still changed Martha. Like, Martha still comes out of that, remembering everything that happened Mm -hmm. and being so scarred from it that she has to leave the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that that's interesting. Nothing and no one learned anything from the bubble universe. Like he literally showed something that had no purpose, no stakes, no learning, no nothing, and then just hit the big fat reset button and then none of it mattered. So, I mean, I was literally just like bored during that whole section when I was rewatching and I'm like cuz none of this matters. None mm-hmm. of it. Like we're seeing Amy remember things again which she also did in the Big Bang, or remember things that didn't exist which she also we also see in the Big Bang. We saw Rory being a badass, which granted Rory fighting the eyepiece was pretty phenomenal um but like that was nothing we hadn't seen before like and just like the idea that he just keeps recycling the same old ideas is so stale right now and i'm like this is not the guy who would do a story that takes place half in the on a space station in the 51st century and half in 18th century france Uh, it doesn't even feel like the same guy anymore and it's like I don't know. It's a terrible use of Madame Kavarian, who, like, looking back, like, I loved her all the way through because she was so maniacal and diabolical, and they literally turned her into a simpering wimp at the end. Mm -hmm. And then they completely, like, Amy has this badass moment where she kills Madame Kavarian. Fine. I understand that. But that's Amy's response to the fact that Madame Kavarian stole her daughter and she never gets to raise her. Like, come on. Like, this is, like, that is so amateur hour. Like, that is so pathetic that Amy and Rory don't get to raise their kid and they're okay with that. That is horrible. That is really bad and a complete betrayal to the notion that Amy loves her daughter. And especially when the doctor, you know, could have worked harder or found her, done any of that. And maybe it's a fixed point in time, fine. But, like, they were they were done with that. Like, Moffat had no interest in that. And it's like, at that point, why did you even have parents in the TARDIS if you weren't even going to do anything interesting with them? Well, and like, that's, that's the thing, though. It doesn't matter if Stephen Moffat was interested in that or not. Because he, I think he is, because he keeps, like, every time he wrote an episode, he brought it up. The problem is that none of the other writers cared, and Stephen Moffat didn't care enough as showrunner to keep them in check. Sure. That's the problem here. Sure. Stephen Moffat is not a good showrunner. No, he's not. I mean, if you were writing, like, a six-episode Doctor Who uh, uh, series, like, if you just wanted to do six episodes a year and it was all him, I'd probably be more fine with it. But, like, what was the point of this season? Because this season was a mess. Yeah. Like... This season was a mess. Like this had this season had five incredible episodes: the God Complex, uh, uh, not the God Complex, Girl Who Waited, uh, Doctor's Wife, Impossible Astronaut, Day in the Moon. Those are five great episodes. Then episodes that were good slash middling were like um, Good Man Goes to War, Let's Kill Hitler, uh, Closing Time, and Night Terrors. And then uh, Pirates, Flesh, Flesh, and Wedding were horrible. Just absolutely horrible like Uh this season has been such awful and like i don't know i said it to you earlier this week i was like no matter how good wedding of river song is it can't redeem this season and like oh boy was that true but like this season like wasn't about anything like it wasn't because what it was about didn't mean anything no no, it was it it was all a cop-out at the end anyway sure so it was like, like hey let's set up this mystery um, oh, but by the way, it's not a mystery because he's not dead. He's a robot. <laughs> Which, like, I'm just like, wait, I'm you amazed. took it took thirteen. It took okay. It took thirteen episodes for them to realize that, like, that wasn't the Doctor. And it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. You brought in what's his name? Uh, 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 Canton. Just to say, 
I can assure you that is the doctor. Well, guess what, Canton? You were wrong because it wasn't. <laughs> it was Canton a robot. Didn't Canton didn't know anything. He didn't like, know Canton anything. Was, was literally talking about his ass the whole time in that episode. Uh, like, that's amazing. Like, that is so amazing. Like, I was ready for the return of Canton just to, like, prove something. And, like, I don't know. Like, if, if that's a fixed point in time and I guess the doctor needed to fake his death or something, like, I guess. But, like... There's got to have been a better way then. It was a fake doctor the whole time, and the doctor was just inside safe and sound. Like, that is so pathetic. That is so completely pathetic. And then, like, the notion that River knows she's going to be okay because River's going to be locked in a cell for the rest of her life because she killed the doctor. Like, all right, I guess that's fine, but feels like a huge betrayal of the character who is set up who's literally there to take a fall for something I don't care about. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, I mean, the only thing that you can say about that is that, okay, she breaks out every night. So maybe she just sees the prison as like her house and she goes there <laughs> to sleep and that's about it. And in which case I, I can just kind of be like, all right, whatever, I guess, whatever, you know, cause I can just, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like yeah. I you can just you can just sort of like all right, she loves the doctor. I mean, it's undeserved because you don't understand why she loves the doctor so much. The only mm-hmm. reason she loves the doctor is because we love the doctor. So Moffat thinks, "Oh, well, you guys love the doctor, so you know why River loves the doctor." It's for the same reasons. Everybody loves him. He's a lovable guy. <laughs> that's that's basically, I mean, that's that's River's song. So fine. She loves the doctor. And so she go. She lives in a prison, and at night they go out and they go adventuring together. Okay, fine, but I want to see that. I don't want to yeah. just be told. I want to yeah. see it and understand it. If we got a season of of the Doctor coming and getting her at the beginning of every episode and dropping her off at the end, I then I could be like, okay, I get it. I get why being in prison isn't a big deal for her because she's doing all these other things too. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're gonna get. We're probably—I I wouldn't be surprised if we never saw River again. Yeah, which is the worst thing. Like, I literally because what else? What else can they do with her? Like, Moffat literally just burned all that story. Yeah, just burned it up in flames. So, and like, and then that because of that, like, all of the thing about the Doctor loves River, the River loves the Doctor because of all of their two hundred years they've spent together just doesn't feel earned at all. Nope. Um, and it's like, oh my god, like it's just so lame and it's so no because not even that because like river by the time i don't know because here, here's the most unearned part about the whole river sacrificing herself and willing to go to prison like to pretend that she killed the doctor mm-hmm. the most unearned part about that is that when she kills the doctor in her timeline that is the only the like at, like from being regenerated in let's kill hitler that was the very next thing she did. The very yeah. next thing. The very yeah. next thing. She had no <laughs> adventures with the Doctor in between then. And she, like, magically loves him so much she gives up all her regenerations. And then right after that says, yeah, sure, I'll spend the rest of my life in prison for you. I love you. Why? Why? <laughs> you don't even know this guy. You met him I for the know. first time, like, a year ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like, and like, and like, it's just like, uh, he has, uh, again, Moffat, like, all this ambition, all this potential, 
and he just doesn't use it. It's like, why do it in the first place? Because it's cool? Nonsense. That is the worst reason to do anything. Like, it's like, it's like, and this this story just feels emblematic of that. Like, uh, whenever I talk about, like, in spoilers, I guess, for the second episode of Sherlock, but really, who cares? Um, the... It doesn't matter if someone's having a sword fight if I don't care about the sword fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have Sherlock and some random Arabic dude fighting in Sherlock's apartment with swords. It sounds super cool on paper, but if I don't care about why Sherlock's fighting or Holmes is fighting, I don't care at all about anything, so whatever. Um, and, like, I'm just... I'm, like, I am so angry with Moffat for doing a bunch of stuff that just does not feel earned at all. Like, uh, just, it just, it, none of this felt earned. It just felt like the thing that needed to happen because it needed to happen. And fine, good riddance, good fracking riddance. Hopefully we'll get some more better stuff later. But this was, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I just, I can't believe it. It makes me want to go watch The Big Bang again because I love The Big Bang and I don't care how many questions it brings up. Like, I just, I don't care about his questions anymore. And I just haven't been seeing him. I, I mean, what questions did I have going into this? I was like, how is the doctor going to make it out of the out of his death? Oh, that's lame. Um, and uh, I, that was it. <laughs> like, I didn't yeah. care about River Song shooting the doctor. Because, like, cause, like, that doesn't matter. Because if you just went for the easiest solution. I mean, talk about drop storyline. What the hell happened with Rory? I mean, I love Rory, but, like, they're just setting him up to be, like, Doctor 2.0 and being the better man that the Doctor ever was, and whew, they dropped that interesting storyline. Like, it was hot. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they, they really dropped the Rory thing big time, and I just... I, that, But that's the thing. That's the thing with Moffat, is you know, his version of, of, of running a show like this is focusing entirely on plot, and not on characters at all. And yeah. and I here's the thing, okay? All right. So we're we we are talking about we're always talking about like speaking of Rory. We're always talking about um you know how Rory's always dying and they even reference the fact that he's constantly dying in this episode. What about the doctor? Because it seems to me that every time we're leading to something, it leads to the doctor quote-unquote dying and then escaping that death somehow because we did it with the big bang because they threw him in the pandorica it was all leading to the pandorica which was going to be you know the equivalent of death because he was supposed to be uh captured forever in prison forever um Mm -hmm. and then we get out of that and then he almost dies in the big bang because he's going to sacrifice himself while he gets out of that then we're leading all the way to him dying at lake silencio and then, oh, we get out of that only to learn that the next thing that we're heading to is the fall of the 11th. Huh. I wonder what that could be. Bet you he gets out of that. <laughs> I'll bet you he gets out of that. You also forgot the part in Let's Kill Hitler where the doctor was dying and then he got out of that one. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah. here's the thing, Stephen Moffat. <laughs> you can have stakes without trying to kill the doctor every time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, even if he doesn't get out of the fall of the 11th, okay, he's just going to regenerate. It's, it's yeah. the same problem I had with the end of, with the end of time. Um, and, but at least, at least in the end of time, uh, Russell T. Davies was smart enough to explain that for the doctor, 
regenerating is like dying because he's a whole different guy mm-hmm. when he after he regenerates. So it's like mm-hmm. that version of him is dead. And okay. it gave him a whole lot of stakes because, like, in the end of time, the doctor didn't have to die. Like, he could have walked away from that and right. let someone else die. And, like, that's good emotional stakes. Like, and that puts the doctor in a good position. But this, like, right. he had to die because they said he had to die. Yeah. And and if 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 it's the fall of the 11th, okay, Stephen Moffat, seriously, you can have things just happen. <laughs> like, you can't – you don't have to hint at everything. There, do, there doesn't have to be, like, a nursery rhyme or a legend or a myth about everything that, that you have in your, in your run, in your brain. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't have to do that. You can just have things happen. It's also not really a surprise that Matt Smith is not going to be the Doctor forever. I mean... Right. S- spoilers. He's going to regenerate at some point. Yeah. It's going to happen. You don't have to tell me it's coming because we know it's coming. Um, we, I mean, look at it this way, okay? Of the 11 Doctors that we've had, only two of them have been hinted at their end coming. And in both cases, those are arguably – well, not even arguably. They just are the two most popular Doctors ever. Yeah. The fourth and the tenth. The two most popular doctors ever. So to hint at their regeneration, that makes sense because that was a big freaking deal when mm-hmm. both, of they, both of them regenerated. A huge freaking deal. <clears throat> you can't hint at every single regeneration because it takes away the power of the regeneration. Sure. I mean, look at, look at Caves of Androzani. Like, <sighs> the thing about Caves of Androzani that's really awesome is... The doctor doesn't realize he's dying until he's already gone. You know what I uh-huh. mean? Like by the time that the doctor realizes he's dying, it's too late for him for them to do anything about it. <clears throat> yeah, um, and that's that's even better. Like that's like even though going into caves, you know that he's going to die. It doesn't matter because he doesn't know until the very end. Same right. with even like even Eccleston, even Eccleston, yeah. parting of the ways. Yeah, like he didn't know he was going to die. Like most of the people watching didn't know he was going to die. <laughs> sure, sure, and you like, know. And that's and that's and that's the thing is like you don't have to tell me that the doctor's going to die because it's going to happen. It's happened ten times before. It's going to happen again, uh-huh. and it's probably going to happen in twenty thirteen. Because what better way to do a, a Stephen Moffat regeneration story, which I was excited about, but now I just don't care. Yeah, I mean, I'm like I'm so off the Moffat train at this point. Like I love he's written some of my favorite episodes. I love Blink. I love Girl in the Fireplace. I love. Science Library, Eleventh Hour, all of them, pretty much. Mine, like I'm, I'm okay on the Beast Below. I don't love it. I think it's good, but it's not amazing. I've loved Stephen Moffat, whole time. But like between Good Man Goes to War, which I thought is still kind of middling, uh, Let's Go Hitler, which was fun but has huge problems, and this, which was abysmal, I'm kind of over it. Like yeah. I kind of don't care enough to be even excited for the Christmas special, which is amazing because Christmas Carol is arguably the best thing Stephen Moffat's ever written. And I always like, forget about it. And it's, but it's so good. Like I yeah. was listening to Abigail's song the other night, like the song she sings at the end. And I just wanted to cry because the emotional catharsis of that story is so unbelievably powerful. Uh-huh. Like that, sh- that story is ridiculously insanely good. It um, is. And like, so it's not like he's not capable of this, but, like, you can tell that this is slop. Like, you can tell that this isn't as 
tightly wound or pulled together as it should have been. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Davies just kept getting more and more Davies as Davies went along. Um, you know, the emotional core became much more defined as as it, it was like from or and specific from um, from the parting of the ways, which didn't really kind of have one. It kind of did, kind of didn't. Um, Doomsday, which was like you know very generic in terms of like the girl that got away from you, or Martha, who's about the girl who needs to leave, and then to Donna, who's very specific, and then to Wilfred, which is very very specific. Like that, and then he gets more bombastic and ridiculous with his plots. Uh-huh. Like Moffat's doing that, but what Moffat doesn't have a huge history of is a big, strong emotional core. Like it happens most of the time. Like it happens in Girl in the Fireplace. Uh, it doesn't really happen in Blink. Um, it does happen in Silence of the Library. Does happen in Eleventh Hour, not so much in Beast he, Blows. It's there. But. He, here's the, here's the thing, okay? What really put this episode into perspective of how awful it really is is watching Con- Confidential, Doctor Who Confidential, and seeing the uh, the the story of River Song, where it just it shows her story in order, which was interesting. It was yeah, interesting. Sure. It was sure. it really was, and I I was glad that that was in there because I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of neat. Getting to the end of her story and seeing the library episode again, and I was just like, oh my god, where is that Stephen Moffat? I, I want know. him back! I know, man. <laughs> I was like, was... ah! Like, seeing Tennant, like, leap into the... Th- oh my god. Uh. Which is the best David Tennant moment of all time. Like, yep. that is his Andrew, and I'm not gonna let you stop me now moment. Like, that yep. is... yep. Hands down, like, the best. Like, that moment alone gets my blood pounding. It oh, makes yeah. me want to cry. Every single it's, time. Every time. Because it's such a fucking gorgeous shot. Like, oh, my God, it's so yeah. good. And they even and try like, to redo it in the end of time, but it doesn't work so well. Sure, sure. But, like, that, you know, the end of time is not about heroism so right. much. It's more about, it about desperation. And sacrifice. Yeah. Um, which, which is fine, but like Moffat, like Moffat has the ability to dial into what makes the Doctor badass and heroic, but he just hasn't. Like nothing about the Doctor in this was very heroic at all. Like it's just like guy who's running from death, and then he finds a great out, and he uses it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a far cry from the guy who was calling down all of the. Uh, Aliens and Pandora opens. It's a far cry from the guy who um, who was stopping the silence in Day of the Day of the Moon, and it's a far cry from Eleventh Hour. It's just this. I don't know what's going on, and it's just not. I'm sorry. I'm just not interested in this Doctor Who at all. I'm just. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in it. I mean, there's some good stuff, but if it's not got good characters and good stuff, like he just needs to slow down. He doesn't need to, like, here's the thing. The harder he tries, the worse his episode gets. Like, it's amazing. Like, he's trying really hard to make this work. Just don't make it work. It's fine. You're fine just by, you know, getting to the core of characters. Plot does not make good stories. Like, here's the thing, okay? This this is how... This would have been more interesting. I'm not saying that this would have been the best way to solve the problem, but at least it would have been more interesting. You introduced an alternate universe that existed because the river saved the doctor. 
So just go with that for a while. And with him being like, oh, well, we can't stop the alternate universe, so I guess I'm just here for a while. <laughs> like, just have a season in the alternate universe. Who cares? Like, sure. that would have been at least more interesting. Sure, and more fun. Yeah, robot clone. Like, you know. Yeah. I, I just – and now, like, okay. All right, I haven't even brought this up yet, but seriously, how bad does this make the god complex look now? Like, oh, goodbye, Amy. Goodbye, Rory. Oh, oh, you're back. And you're going to be back next season, too. Yeah. Why did we say goodbye to those companions? Why did you have that beautiful scene at the end of a god of the god complex just to bring them back again? Yeah. And the worst part is, like, they even brought them back last week, and it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. But they didn't do anything with Amy and Rory in this. Nothing. They were there literally because Stephen Moffat wanted to see them in eye patches. Which is just backwards. Also, I called the question, by the way, weeks ago. I yeah. said it in I said it in Let's Go Hitler. I'm like, did the, did the doctor just did they just throw out the title of the show as the oldest question in the universe? I mean, I said that. I just wanted to uh, to my own horn and say uh, I'm a genius, um, <laughs> <laughs> which validates everything I've said so far. And you know, here's the deal: like, there's going to be plenty of people who enjoy this. Oh yeah, um, because and well, that's f- because there's a lot of people that. They're they're capable of enjoying things on a surface level, sure, and that's that's fine. I mean, those the, you know those people like Transformers and and things like that. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Those 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 you know that that's fine. I I cannot I cannot accept my favorite show at this quality level. I just can't. No, no, and like even like the biggest comparison for this for me is again like Journey's End like. At least Journey's End has some really good stuff in it. Like, mm-hmm. really good stuff that tracked and made sense and had good character moments and all that stuff that makes for good storytelling. This just didn't, man. Yeah. It just really didn't. It's it also just... had a really bizarre end. Like, yeah. like stopping point. Mm-hmm. Why did the Manda, Manda Blue guy show up again? I don't <sighs> know. Why, could, it, why and... could you see his neck when he was upside down in the TARDIS? Bad green screen. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that's just the thing. I didn't even like, think it was that. I think they were using the same technology they used in uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse with the genie, <laughs> <laughs> where he's just like where <laughs> he's just wearing a black turtleneck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's uh, funny. Yeah, but like, problem. that's the thing. It's like I don't need to keep seeing the same things over and over again. I mean, and that's like. I don't know. Maybe Moffat's just not learned from the Nathan Turner years. And this is—I'm sorry. This is Classic Who for all you people who refuse to watch Classic Who. But um, the Nathan Turner years had this thing where they kept having to reference reference old stories for no reason. And it's this thing that happens in Doctor Who where people are like, "Oh, isn't it cool?" Like Tony Lee did a comic about Jack the Ripper um, that I only flipped through because I couldn't stand to read it. Um, and in it, the Doctor is wearing the harness thing with the mirrors on it that he has in uh, Vincent and the Doctor and I'm like guys Doctor Who is not cool because you keep referencing the same things over and over again like yeah look at all the best stories like Caves of Androzani is absolutely fresh Talons is absolutely fresh Rose is absolutely fresh I still love Rose I don't care um Rose is fresh 
Um, Midnight is fresh. Blink is fresh. Girl in the Fireplace is fresh. Silence in the Library is fresh. All of this stuff is good, but recycling the same old ideas is not how you do good story. It's not how you do good work, and it's not how you do good Doctor Who. I love that Doctor Who has a 40, has an almost 50-year history. That's great. That's brilliant. But referencing stories over and over again just reminds me how much better that story was for being original. And this was everything I hate about Doctor Who. Um, just everything. And I can't believe how bad it was. Um, and I hated it and I still will, but now I kind of don't care. So I know we've been talking for like an hour, but, um, uh, that's cause we're doing a show. Uh, so, so <laughs> that's where I am. And, um, I'm kind of disappointed. Not really looking forward to Christmas, although maybe, hopefully, I mean, I am looking really forward good. to Christmas because it's not going to have anything to do with anything. <laughs> it's not going to have anything to do with this, that's for sure. Yeah, so it might it might be good. I yeah. mean, you know, last mm-hmm. year's Christmas special was really good, so this last doesn't have anything specials. to do with anything, so, you know, maybe it'll probably be good. Hopefully. And, you know, apparently next season, Moffat's talked a lot about going to more standalone stories, and I'm like, you know what, if you want to go do that, that is fine by me. Yeah. Because I'm more excited about what Toby Whithouse does next season. Because, than honestly, I think next season is just like a... Uh, bridge season yeah exactly a bridge season to the third act of his story which is the doctor who question which is all going to be in 2013 i'm sure which is cool i'm down with that like i'm and i'm interested to see where that goes because i'm really interested to see what moffat does with a regeneration story Mm -hmm. um but i can't say i'm excited for him to keep telling stories that are all plot note character because oh my god River's song was horrible in this. Why did she get? Why did you want to get married? Like, and that just why? Why did like, they get married? I don't know. Why did they that got, happen? I, they got married because the doctor wanted River to kiss him, and I'm like, that's so. That's ridiculous. So just bad. do it. She wouldn't care. <laughs> as Alex, as Alex Kingston says in uh, says in the confidential, he's a really good kisser. I could do this all day. I mean, it's. <laughs> it's not like it's a it's a thing that doesn't matter to them. And like you know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. Because that, then you just turn River slash all women, and I know that's a blanket statement, but you're turning River, who is, who up to this point has been such a strong, independent character, into someone who's completely dependent on, oh my god, I need to get married, oh my god, this needs to happen, oh my god, blah blah blah, and like, god, I'm not interested in that. Like, I'm just not interested in that at all. And that's bad. That's really bad. (sighs) I know. Ugh. I know. They're not married. They're not. It's a robot. <laughs> They're not. They're not. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. Also, whoever's piloting that robot really knows how the doctor walks and moves. Oh my god, that was so amazing. <laughs> Especially when you consider how clunky that robot was in Let's Kill Hitler. Yeah. Like, either they've had a lot of practice or um, I, I, the doctor's... Because if the doctor wasn't in his eye, you, it could have been argued, well, he's in a motion capture suit. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously he's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And, like, even then, now I'm thinking about it, there's also tons of good stuff in here. Like, again, the Western thing where he drops the Dalek eye stock on the table, which, by right. the way, there was a Dalek in this. Oh, yeah, For no right. reason. For no reason. Um, Other uh, than it was... It, which, it, it was just, I don't know. Well, here's 
is the thing. People always and like I'm I'm one of the people who complains that the Daleks need to actually do something because there has been Dalek oversaturation. Literally, when you're introducing a Dalek into a story purely to have a Dalek into the story, then you're completely off the Dalek rails. Like <laughs> that is that is so awful and something that Stephen Moffat literally said before this. I'm doing that because the Daleks have been oversaturated and we're going to give them a break. But no, we're going to bring in a Dalek purely to bring in a Dalek? Come on! That is the lamest thing I've ever heard. That is pathetic. Where did, that, they, where so did that Dalek pathetic. even come from? Why was it on its side? Why was it on its side? I don't know. It was, ex- it was exploded. And then there was the chess match, which was kind of cool. But, like, Moffat's throwing ideas, and I just don't have any interest. Again, though... Brigadier reference for the win. That was nice. Abs- like, that was, to me, the best thing of the series. I like I like the idea that they were going to, uh, they were just going to have a night on the town. Oh, and the Brigadier was pouring him a brandy every day. Yeah. Like, that was oh, awesome. God, that broke me so hardcore. And of and course, like, and of course. And I just, I love that because I was like, oh my God, that's so awesome. And then I, and then I, re- I realized, like, he poured him, he poured a second drink. And he probably drank it because <laughs> he's a brigadier. <laughs> I just like the idea that he like made them pour him two drinks. He drank one and was like, well, guess he's not showing up and had himself the other drink. In a rest home, no less. Yeah. And they're just like, room. are you sure this is okay? He's like, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he God, actually died from cool. alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Oh, that's so bad. Oh, that's so bad. I can't the, believe I laughed at the joke. The character. The character. <laughs> the character. Oh, God. There's few characters I love more than the Brigadier. That was so welcome, though. When I, I found was. out about that, yeah, like, the uh, the day before the episode aired, and I was like, oh, that's going to make break my heart. And it just, oh, it's so crushed me. And Matt Smith really killed that moment. Yeah. Um, well, here's just, the thing. Let me Let me just say this. Is it just me... Or is Matt Smith the only person on staff that knows how to do Doctor Who right? Uh, he's, he gotta be, because he is the best thing on the show right now. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Like, and I'm just like, I'm amazed that in a story that was this bad, he managed to make it track as well as he did. In the hands of a less capable actor, this is a mess. Yeah. Like, this is way a mess. And like... Oh my god, he is really good. If only he was given really good material. Um, like, just imagine. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's amazing. And I know a lot of... Like, I know that um, people have said a lot about, like, how it was so unfortunate that Tenet got really tosh material. But, like, I don't know, man. I thought Tenet got great, rich material. And... I'm kind of bummed out that Matt, like, because, you know, he got a lot of good material in, like, the 11th hour when Moffat writes him, when Toby Whithouse writes him, uh, but, man, just, that guy it's just spins crap into gold. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of upset that Moffat's probably going to be the only guy who ever gets to guide him, because I can't imagine Matt Smith going beyond 2013. I just can't. No, no, he won't. He won't. Yeah. No, I think I think the fall of the eleventh because it's specifically the fall of the eleventh. I I think that's his regeneration, and I think and and the fact that Moffat's hinting at it, he's going to be the one to write it, and that'll probably be when they're they'll both bow out, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, like I'm okay. And if that's how it is going forward, like going forward, a new Doctor shows up and we get a new showrunner at the same time, I'm for that. That's good. Sure. And it worked for, like, you know, Tom Baker. I mean, like, Tom Baker 
uh, showed up and Hinchcliffe Holmes took over, and that was a great marriage mm-hmm. of people and people. It, you know, kind of left when they departed, but you know, Pertwee was completely overseen by uh, Barry Letts and Terence Dix, and that's good. I, I like that sort of consistency um, mm-hmm. that you get, even though it does lead to crapshoots sometimes. It does allow for kind of a perfect marriage of doctor and person because Moffat and uh, uh, what's it called? And Moffat and Matt Smith are so good with each other. I mean, Moffat problems notwithstanding, they are they do really good work together, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that they're getting together. And you know, Toby, it just makes me interested to see what Toby Whithouse would do with the Doctor. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> because, I know, I know. Because, <laughs> because how cool will that be? I know. Um, the only so, thing yeah. that's sad is that he wouldn't get uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, uh Russell Tovey. Right. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Right, because you know, obviously, they work together on being human, so that would have been cool. Except, you know, he was already midshipman frame. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you can you can also you could also argue that, um, despite the fact that he's midship, well, they did reference that a lot. Like Colin Baker was in a Peter Davison story before he showed. Um, uh, what's the phrase? Um, Colin Baker showed up in a Peter Davison story before he became the Doctor. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, the best part about that is I have this weird sort of idea that that's actually the Doctor in disguise, which makes that story much more badass than it actually is. Um, so, <laughs> so, but uh, that, that's the problem, though. You can't. You literally can't do that with Midshipman Frame. <laughs> no, you can't. He's too. He slept with Jack. That guy's toast. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm interested. Like in that, you know, it's good because it allows you to. Moffat gets to see all the interesting things that's interesting in the Doctor. And, you know, Moffat does have good ideas on the Doctor and stuff. It's just when he gets his plots that it's a little too difficult. Yeah. So. so. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am I'm would really – I really want – I mean, we've said it before, but I do really want – I really do want Toby Woodhouse to take over. Uh, I just want to see that, man. Yeah. Even for just a season. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. 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 Even just for a season. He just—he's sure. so good with characters. He really is. He really is. Yeah, and that's what we need. The- and he's—he's he's really good at characters and not so bad at plot either. Like he is—he's—he yeah. is the perfect amalgam of Russell T Davies and Stephen Moffat, which is exactly what I want. Yes, because Stephen Moffat, like, is part of what makes—I don't know—I heard a lot of people back in the day were saying that season five was a little too Davies for people, and I'm like, you know what? That really helps season five. Uh. If this is what Moffat hap- what happens to Moffat when Moffat gets to just be Moffat when he gets unhinged, <laughs> ooh, I'm not so down with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so so we'll yeah. see how that goes. How was Steve? How was how was season five? <laughs> Russell T Davies ish. I think it was more towards the beginning of like the Beast Below is a very Davies story. It really feels like a Davies story. Mm. Um, I don't know. Huh. Ask other people. I'm not the one who said it. Yeah. I mean, but I like guess last... maybe in retrospect, it seems that way. At the time, I was just like, it's Doctor Who. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the best Doctor Who is the Doctor Who that feels like Doctor Who that yeah. doesn't feel like a mess like this season. Yeah, yeah. Arg. Grr. Arg. Grr. Uh, yeah. So this season was a mess. and um, Which is sad because there were some really high points. Yeah. But there yeah. it is. Really high points. Really high, like some of the best Doctor Who ever, and some of the worst. Yep. I honestly think this is worse than Pirates, because at least Pirates I can just kind of shrug off, 
This was right. like mind-numbingly bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at the worst possible time. Oh god. Don't like literally like been fumble like it's like it's literally like he's been um like you know Moffat goes for like a 50-yard pass or something. I don't know football. But uh <laughs> Moffat <laughs> Moffat goes for like a 50-yard pass and the guy's like trying to catch it and it's like fumbling through his hands and then he kind of gets his hands on it but someone bumps into him he fumbles it a little more and then literally at the 2-yard line the guy trips and falls, and then the ball just flies out of his hands, and it's an incomplete. Like, that's basically what the season felt like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some really good, like, blocks and stuff, but other than that, just... Ugh. <sighs> yep, 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 yep. It's true. All right. It's true. All right, well, uh, I want to remind you that today's episode is also uh, brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you order all of your monthly comic book statues, action figures, basically anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance with monthly discount specials, sometimes up to 75% off, and regular discounts of 40% off. Plus, when you pre-order your collected editions, you save 50% off those. Ship as often as you like, with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay five ninety-five in flat rate shipping. Thanks to DCBService.com. And I've seen this firsthand, guys. Five ninety five, and you can ship a lot. <laughs> you can ship a lot. Uh, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I, I think this guy ordered one of everything from the Diamond Catalog, and <laughs> they shipped it for five ninety five. How much did that weigh? Like 30 pounds? No, 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 no. One of everything. Like... <laughs> T-shirts, statues, <laughs> everything. No, it was he like the catalog. Yeah, no, I think he ordered the catalog. That's amazing. Yeah, like, and That's you've amazing. seen one of those diamond catalogs. I mean, <laughs> I've seen phone books. Yes. Yeah, they're not small. They're not small. <laughs> and I think he ordered one of everything because <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was. It was like it was seriously. I think it ended up being like over ten boxes. <laughs> and it cost him five ninety five to ship. That's like fifty cents a box. Holy crap! Yeah, I'm saying. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm saying. I'm saying. They should have just gotten a truck and rented him a truck. That yeah, would've been cheaper. Just a UPS or a, <laughs> a U-Haul truck. <laughs> uh, that's so anyway. Yeah, so when I say you only pay five ninety nine $5.95 for flat rate shipping, I mean it. It's flat. It really is flat rate. Yeah, so DCBService.com. Go there and order stuff. Next week, we begin uh, trial, trial of a Time Lord, yes? Yes, we do. Uh, we're doing uh, four weeks of Trial of a Time Lord, uh, which will be... Very interesting. Lots to talk about. Lots to discuss. Uh, we're going in groups of story arcs. So, like, the first four, the second four, the third four, and then the last two. Um, really interesting. If you want to get into some good Colin Baker, oh. that's where you should start, I think. Yeah. Because Mysterious Planet, the first four stories, is actually pretty great, as far as I'm concerned. People say it's the Crotons, but I haven't seen the Crotons, so I don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but there it is. So that's cool. And, and this then, is uh, this is our last Colin Baker for a long time, probably this stretch, probably well, for a only, year. <laughs> there's only like eight Colin Baker stories. Yeah, I know, and we're going through four of them. 
So we're going. I think it's gonna. It's gonna. Yeah, it looks like it'll be about a year probably before yeah. we get more Colin Baker, which is fine because not a lot. We could do an audio play here or there, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of October, we're gonna do the Gunfighters, which is a first Doctor story. Yay! Uh, which I just watched, and man, oh man, I am pissed that YouTube blocked that video because it was a six minute, the six minute long sequence that leads to the big shootout at the end. Uh was YouTube blocked, and I was very upset. I'm surprised your YouTube thing hasn't been banned at this point. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm like, literally. Because, <laughs> like, I see up. that happen all the time where people are just like, people, like, it says, like, uh, you know, this, not only is this video not in service, but the person who owned it has been banned because of continual misuse of the copyright rules of YouTube. Yeah, and I'm just I mean, like, how does Matt still have a YouTube account? I don't know. But here's the funniest thing about that is, like, I keep getting emails for, like, do you want to do RevShare on your Attack of the Cybermen video? I'm like, no, I don't want to do that at all. What is, what is that? It means that, like, you put ads on the page, and each time that it gets a hit, you get some money or something. Oh. <laughs> Which, like, I'm like, no, You're like, I'm not no, doing I that. don't want to be go to prison. Thank you. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, I'm just like, I'm just like, look, I'll post it. If you take it down, fine. But I mean, I'm just trying to show you some fun Doctor Who. It's not my fault the BBC takes me down. But no, I don't want to make money off of it. No, that's not why I do anything. Like making money off the blog. How 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 awful does that sound? Yep. God, I don't. That's not why I'm doing the blog. Yeah, that's not why I'm doing the blog. All right, yeah, the gunfighters and. Anyways, yeah, check out Trial of Time. It's really fun. Really interesting behind-the-scenes politics. Like, if you That's like that sort of thing. That's going to be so much fun to hear you talk oh, about. Oh, my God. I might have to curse in the second arc because I have to call Eric Sayward a dick. Um, and I have to say BS and stuff, so I might swear a bit. So if you want, I'll give you a heads up. But uh, the second arc is arguably the best arc of trial of the time lord but man there is a huge problem in that story that i'm gonna have to i have to read a quote from colin baker i have a screed it's this whole thing so all right something to look forward to Woo! yeah all right Ah. so uh where can people where else can people find you on the internet you mentioned your blog well, my blog is classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I view classic stories. Uh, last week I did The Gunfighters, which, oh my god, we're talking about in a month, and I, it, I'm going to be honest, this month cannot go by fast enough. Um, so we're going to be talking about The gun. Uh, we talked about the Gunfighters this week. I was going to do a YouTube, but YouTube blocked it, which is a bummer, because it was one of the most fun Western shootouts I've ever seen. Um something to look forward to scott um this week i'm talking about the creature from the pit which is the most amazing story to have the worst left turn in the world a left turn that literally comes in like in the last 12 minutes and literally completely ruins the entire story it is (laughs) i remember seeing that tweet and i was like oh god that doesn't sound good well like we were watching it cassandra and i were watching it we're just like this is pretty good i'm having a good time and then like the story ended five minutes into part four and i'm like so where are we going for the next 20 minutes and where we went was just so horrible i was like oh my god this story jumped the shark i've never seen a story jump the shark so late and completely ruin the whole story it's amazing it's 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 absolutely stunning you can also follow me on twitter twitter.com gunkadin twitter.com slash gd commentary where i'm reviewing stuff uh did you still want to do a live tweet of uh season six back half 
Oh. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. That'll happen maybe this week. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, uh, that means yeah. we have to watch The Wedding of River Song again. Uh, for a third time. And then I have oh. to watch it for a fourth time with uh, Bethany. Oh, that's that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Um, <laughs> oh, it's it, the worst part is like there's a lot of stuff that like I was having a good time, but by the end I just didn't care. I was like, I'm ready to go do other things now, like watch Game of Thrones. Um, and you can also join us for Sunday Trek, where we live tweet classic Star Trek episodes, which has become the best part of the week. Basically, yeah. Yep. Basically, yeah. Good times. Good times. Woo. Woo. All right. Um. Uh, then you can also find us at uh, Movie Night at Geek Show, which is our other podcast where we review a movie each week with our co-host John Pavlich. Uh, last week, we did the listener pick of uh, Unforgiven, and uh, this week starts our October month of horror, and we are going to be looking at uh, The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, um, followed by uh, Near, Near Dark. Dark. And uh, and uh, Night of the Creeps, and then uh, uh, Poltergeist at the end of the month. So this is going to be a fun month. Yes. So go check out Movie Night at Geek Show if you're not listening. For shame. For shame. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? Um. <laughs> no new audio blogs. Uh. No new articles. <laughs> we've been we've been we've been a little lazy. And busy with other things, I'll have you know. I yeah, I should say not really lazy. Just you're not seeing the fruits of our labor, um, <laughs> which are very fruity. Wait, that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Geekshowentertainment.com, guys, go there and talk. Tell us. Tell us, uh, tell us about how wrong we are about this episode. I'm expecting to get a lot of that. That's fine. Go and tell me how wrong I am. You will not change my mind, but I will discuss with you to a certain point. Yeah. So, yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. And um, if you thought we're right, please tell me because I do want to know if, you, if people like this. I really do want to know if you like this or didn't. So I encourage comments. Mm-hmm. We will respond. So uh, anyway, yeah. Email us at tdc at geekshow.us if you don't do the whole website thing. Let us know where you're listening, because seriously, we don't hear from you guys nearly enough. Yeah, no, definitely. And there is a there is an opportunity for us to do emails in, um, uh, there's a two-parter coming up at the end of the month. So if you want, send in emails. We'll answer, discuss, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Save up. Or and, maybe, we, you know. maybe we could even do like a mini email episode at some point. Um, <laughs> that's not that's not self self congratulatory. Why why we're answering I don't email know. from people that sent us email? I, I'm just reminded of that episode of Tom versus Aquaman where he did he did an entire episode of just answering email and it like I, he just never did one again and it just I don't know it felt a little um I don't know it felt a little weird it felt a little weird. Okay, but I'm down with answering email. I'm always down with answering email. So yeah. sending questions, discussions, if you want to know where to start on Classic Who, as if we haven't given you enough options already, do that. Audio plays, good stuff. Just don't ask me about books or comics, because I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Yep, 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 yep. All right, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week with the first part of Trial of the Time Lord. Woo! See ya. Bye, guys. Bye.